Welcome to episode 16 of Super Entertainment Presents the Cross Intelligent Crossover Universe on the Grand Gignol Network. Coming to you from Castle Wolfenstein, hosted by the TVCU crew. Joining me from Studio B is James Boyachuk, CEO of 18th Wall Productions, and from Studio C, Chris Nigro, author and founder of Wild Hunt Press. And I am Robert Ronsky Jr., author of the Horror Crossover Encyclopedia. We are the TVCU crew. The TVCU crew are a team of crossovers who devote way too much of their time to connecting the dots to official crossovers and Easter eggs in order to demonstrate a shared fiction of reality that we call the Telgen Crossover Universe. Ivan Shabosky could not be with us this week. He's engaged in another adventure elsewhere. So, welcome Chris and James. Yo! James, Hello. would you like to start off the shameless plugging this week? I would love to. In just a few days, we're going to be releasing the first volume of J. Patrick Allen's Dead West. Now, this is one of the series I've been really excited about for a long time, but it wasn't the time to talk about it yet, and it wasn't time to talk about it yet, and it wasn't time to talk about it yet. But this is spinning off from his Pulp Arc, New Pulp Awards-nominated story, Dragonfly Shadow. And Dead West is about a gruff, grumpy old cowboy who works for a secret society that hunts monsters, the Charlotte Group. And through things he would much rather not deal with, he's been saddled with a young, optimistic kid. And this grumpy, gruff cowboy and his new sidekick go across the West hunting monsters. Sadly, no crossovers in the first volume, but hey, it has monsters. Mm. I do what I can. (laughs) I think everyone listening would really enjoy that. Nice. And just for a brief, not me, not 18th wall bit of promotion... You should still remember, we may be the best podcast on iTunes, but don't forget the second best, Strangeness in Space. It's almost as funny as Chris's puns. Bad, bad? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, Chris, what do you got for us? Chris? The ghost woman sort of coughed on me. All right. Chris, what do you you got for us other than um, Vic's... Ah, okay, well, my latest plug, I would say, is not the one in my sink, but I am going to be doing some updates on the Monster website soon, including the incorporation, finally, for those who care, of the French version of the Frankenstein monster, Gorul. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to integrate him in a way that I hope will satisfy the majority of people uh, who are fans of the timeline and of the crossovers that we do in creative mythography. And outside of that, I've, in terms of Wild Hunt Press, I am hoping to get a regular anthology going. I would say a series anthology, one, um, part of which will include my character Scytharn, who is a Red Martian, or should I say a Red Barzoomian, lawman who comes to earth rather the, uh, than the other way around he was introduced in my published story uh, a martian warrior on earth that was published in the anthology aliens among us volume one by pulp empire and for those who care and i hope it's many of you he will be returning nice and um so for my plug um i was gonna say i've got nothing but I just realized that this comes out on the 29th of March, this episode, and that means in a couple of days it will be April 1st. Um, you should 
check out the website on April 1st. Um, we always post um, something fun on, on, on April 1st. So that would be something for you to check out. And um, if you've been watching our website anyways, you'll notice that we've been um, having more updates lately um, because uh, I got my home home office working again. So <laughs> I'm working on books and blog stuff uh, again, which is very exciting for me because I'm 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 in a much nicer mood when I'm writing. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in a nicer mood when I'm eating. <laughs> when I'm and eating, I'm in a great mood. <laughs> I'm in my best mood when I'm sleeping, though. I'm easiest to get along with then. I don't I don't know. I don't get along with people in my dreams usually. <laughs> I'm fighting them. I hope you're not dreaming of me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, all right, so um, we're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back, we'll have um, Jerry Winsboro with us as our guest tonight. Um, so we'll be right back. And we are back, and I'd like to introduce our guest tonight. I first discovered tonight's guest when researching for the horror crossover encyclopedia. Our guest is an amazing artist who has added to the Hyde family legacy, as well as expanding on the Dracula and Frankenstein legacies through a crossover comic called Natalia Hyde. And so I'm very excited to talk to Jerry Winsboro tonight. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I'm going to start off. Um, first, um, we'll get right to the Natalia. Uh, how did you come up with the concept for Natalia Hyde? Um, believe it or not, it just started with the name. I saw the name in a flight magazine um, on my way to Michigan, you know, several years ago. And I thought, well, you know, I'm always looking for cool references and names and, you know, ideas. And I just wrote it down and I put it in my book and forgot about it. Um, you know, a couple of years later, um, my first creator-owned book was called the Masti 8. Um, you know, and I tried to push that for a while. I was, you know, about the end of the world and the second coming of Christ. And it was kind of like a heavy, too heavy book. A lot of people really didn't respond to it. Um, and, you know, it took me a while to get over that. Uh, I went for my book looking for new ideas and I saw the name and, you know, I remembered, uh, you know, I wrote the name down and, uh, you know, I just kind of pondered over that and, you know, I started thinking, well, you know, right away I knew that it had to be connected to, you know, Mr. Hyde and all of that. Um, so, you know, uh, writing down things and coming, trying to come up with new concept, uh, uh, you know, I connected it with not just Mr. Hyde, but all the descendants of the legendary monsters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, who, so who is Natalia Hyde? Tell us well, a little bit more about her. She is the daughter of Mr. Hyde, not Dr. Jekyll, but Mr. Hyde, the monster. Right. Now, in previous incarnations of Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde is shown to be more of a mindless brute. But you portray this Hyde as being quite intelligent, actually. Um, what brought you to go in this direction? Well, I, I was trying to humanize him, you know, uh, more than just a monster that we've seen, you know, like a Hulk type guy. Um, just so I can, you know, use that more as a, uh, you know, almost like a bizarre father figure to her. Nice. James, I'm going to toss to you. Sure. Once I 
finished getting some phlegm out of my throat. Excuse me. Thanks for sharing, James. <laughs> oh, anytime. So this story is a different take in that it features two descendants, one of Jekyll and one of Hyde, rather than another dual identity story. How did you come up with this twist? Well, I'm always looking for new ways uh, to... I call it like my side door method, where I'm just trying to come, you know, I, I, it takes me a while to come up with it, but just new and creative ways, because everything and anything has been done already. And, um, you know, just, I like the, I, I, you know, references and, and things I've seen and read. Um, and I, the idea I had was that he's stuck at being Mr. Hyde. And, um, trying to um you know go in, he goes into hiding and maybe he even tries to create a normal life for himself he meets this woman uh name was miriam hopkins he you know he falls in love with her uh he does, it's almost like he tries his best to like i said uh, have a normal life and you know she has natalia and but he reverts back to type and kills his wife and you know disappears and natalia you know is uh by that time she was 20 years old and uh you know natalia you know because of the hide formula she ages really slow so she's about 80 years old so th all of this really happened a long time ago um so uh you know and i have another character who's uh, his name is Jack. He's in issue zero and one. He's the descendant of Doctor Jekyll, so it's almost like you know he's uh, you know related to uh, in a way to Natalia. That's really interesting. Yeah, like I said, I, I do my best to try to come up with you know a different take, uh, um, you know, a really unique way of. Uh, Instead of just having them, um, just the, you know, great great grandson or the great granddaughter of, you know, I'm really trying to because like everything and anything has been done already. And uh, Jack, the character Jekyll, um, he's a monster hunter who's been trained by uh, another descendant of Van Helsing, and their their mission is to rid all the monsters. Uh, you know, all over the world, and of course, including Natalia. Well, what I found interesting, I must say, Jerry, what I just um, recently finished reading Natalia Hyde number zero, mm -hmm. and, it, and it was quite interesting because here we had a plot line where Natalia meets a guy in a park in London who's holding a gun, a tortured individual who's thinking of shooting three friends who betrayed him in prison. I won't give any other spoilers. And he's torn. But instead of the usual where you, uh, the protagonist tries to talk him out of it, we have, I should say, the evil persona of Natalia trying to talk him into the murder. And which, which made me wonder, Jerry, do you see the evil side of Natalia as, an, as a, a persona that basically likes chaos and and evil being committed for its own sake, rather towards any particular purpose. Oh, definitely. Um, that's something that, you know, I have ongoing. 
she, uh, for the last like 10 years, she went into hiding because, you know, she's struggling with, you know, battling the dark side um, of that. So she kind of removed herself from society. But because of uh, events that are happening, she's, you know, I, I'll show in flashbacks, you know, people hunting her down and, uh, you know, things of that nature. Um, it's brought her back out. And um, again, she really can't help uh, because of the Hyde formula, um, you know, embracing that dark side. And it's almost like she kind of like wants to see how it is and maybe she, you know, can put bring, bring it back in. But as the book goes on, she she's going to just lose total control, you know, and just, you know, be her father's daughter. Are there certain, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. No, that's I. I did in that book. I didn't want to show so much the physical violence, but show how Natalia is capable more than just the physical. But the you know she's a master manipulator and enjoys like all aspects of chaos and and violence. And so that's, yeah. Oh, go on again. That's why in that issue, you know, I thought about her. You know, ripping these guys apart in the, the park, and and but I really wanted to show the audience, and it shows more throughout other issues, uh, that you know she kind of almost gets off on the the uh, you know the uh, mental part of it. That's what I was seeing. It's like you're exploring not evil towards a purpose so much as evil incarnate, evil uh, because for the. Because she enjoys it, she likes it. It's it's that simple, and that's what made it really horrifying and disturbing. And yeah, <laughs> much scarier, much scarier um, character that way. I I, I, I think. I, I mean, uh, and and the the ending. Um, I, I mean, it came by accident. Where you know, it's kind of like you want to. I tend to want to write her as a good guy, and. It, it, you know, I mean, I'm a big f uh, uh, fan of film noir, and like you know, number one rule rule in that is there's no good guys and nobody wins. And right. I remind myself of that when I write Natalia, and you know, she really she is she's she might be the the best of all the other characters, but she's not. She you know, in the right. end, she's just like her father. You know, and the and the ending of Zero, where she. You know, she tells the uh, other character, Eric, you know, to go, leave. And she says to the guys dying in the park, you know, now she's going to go and kill their family. Now, if she does or not, I don't know. But, you know, I wanted to show how it doesn't end with them. It, she just wants to keep going and going. And like, like physical torture. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like physical Physical violence is not enough. She had to torment those dying men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their last like, moments of life. Yeah, you know, and that was more for the audience, kind of, you know. Now, like I said, if she does it or not, you know, if she goes and kills these guys' grandmother or whatever, you know, I really, I, I, I really don't know. But, um, you know, I just wanted to show how, you know, maybe throughout the book you think, oh, you know, she's a good guy and she's, you know, she's going to overcome this. But in a way, embracing that is actually going to keep her alive because of all the forces that are, you know, uh, of coming against her. So, so they say she needs her dark side. 
yeah, I mean, she has no choice in a way because of all the, uh, you know, I ha- all the characters, uh, you know, uh, that I have set up, um, you know, coming against, like, you know, Dracula, uh, uh, Elizabeth Bathory, uh, you know, the Countess Dracula, uh, werewolves, Frankenstein, you know, so... Uh, you know, she she doesn't. That's why she went into hiding because she really doesn't want to be that way. But it, it's almost like these people forced her that. And so, you know, she. It's not just about just being a badass. She's you know she's really evil. I feel I like, like I feel like she's kind of an um, addict in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. She, she tried to like suppress it and. You know, finally she had to give in because she's well forced to. You know, she removed herself, like I said, from society for ten years. And when you're hiding by yourself, it's everything's okay. Nothing's going to piss you off. But I, I um, in issue one, she, you know, she's looking for her father, and uh, she goes to this nightclub, and basically, you know, that's the worst place for her to be. But she's almost like enjoying it, like she she wants somebody to antagonize her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so the Dracula in your story isn't the Dracula. Well, he he'll show up eventually, but it's it's his brother. Right. Yeah, I, I do my best to uh, very take variations of uh, you know what's been done, and uh, and he's the it's Radu. They call right. him Radu, right. the handsome. You know, he's uh, Vlad's uh, brother. He um, he's really the main. Uh, Bad guy in the book. Nice. Yeah, yeah. and he's got and an he's, army of Frankenstein monsters. Yeah, and uh, what is the main plan uh, of the book, really, it's almost like it really has nothing to do with Natalia. She's just like a pawn in a way. Is The, uh, the, the concept I had was that his brother, you know, Dracula, took all the money, you know, took everything of the, uh, you know, Dracula fortune, and his brother wants it back. But he can't face his brother. You know, he doesn't have the power. Right. So his plan is to create this super army of vampires. But even that is not strong enough. So he comes up with this idea to um, incorporate the uh, Jekyll and Hyde formula. And, you know, his first stop, like in issue zero I show, is uh, Van Helsing's uh, mansion uh, in Brooklyn. He has the remaining formula. And, you know, he tries, Radu tries to get it from uh, Van Helsing. You know, he storms the mansion with an army. And, uh, you know, Jekyll and him do their best to stop him. Now, I haven't caught up on Natalia Hyde um, currently. Is it still ongoing? Yes, yes. It's, you know, because I do everything myself. I, you know, write, draw, uh, ink. Uh, you know, right. of course, you know, as a creator own it, that's one of the downfalls. It takes forever. But uh, I just finished doing uh, issue zero. I mean, two. I'm sorry, issue two, and working on three. And I'm also working on a companion book uh, called As Zenith. She's like, uh, she's the product of a descendant from uh, Doctor Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Nice. One thing I could say right away that I'm loving about the series here, Jerry, like us, you also seem to be a fan of the concept of a shared universe where many different monsters and the clans who created them exist in the single 
timeline where they can interact and often do. Yes, yes. And I, I, like I said, I do my best to pick out obscure things um, that maybe if, if, it's ha- if it has been done, I don't know. But like, for example, I have like the Order of the Dragon. That's some kind of, uh, uh, you know, cult or, uh, you know, club that uh, the Lod, the Impale belong to. And, you know, they're still around to this day. And, you know, their, their thing is, you know, of course, you know, uh, world conquest and, you know, things like that. And when they find out about Dracula's fortune, you know, they, they you know, want a part of the pie. Were you, Were, you by any, oh, I'm Were you by any chance inspired by the Universal Horror Films and their shared horror universe? Oh, yeah, you know, growing up with that, I, I love it. I mean, you know, looking at it now, it's a little corny, but it's, it's still great. But hey, but Dracula it, could meet the Frankenstein monster? That, that is a bit of awesome sauce there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and like in the, the Sister Companion book, um, a Zenith, uh, you know the original monster shows up, and and um, you know descendants of uh, the doctors that helped the original uh, Frankenstein, Doctor Frankenstein. You know, and I'm, like I said, I'm working on that issue. I have, I'm just up to issue zero right now, drawing that. Any, any chance? We'll see, oh, go ahead. Any chance we'll see uh, a member of Herbert West clan show up eventually? Uh, maybe, maybe. I have like a whole list of uh, characters uh, that I'm going to introduce by um, issue six. You know, I have uh, uh, Van Helsing's, uh, or, you know, the descendant of Van Helsing. His daughter is Amanda Van Helsing. I have, uh, like I said, Elizabeth Bathory of Dracula. I have a werewolf, Lorna Harker, the, the descendant of Mina and Jonathan Harker. Um, and also another um, vampire, a monster hunter, Christopher Van Helsing, mm-hmm. who's uh, Jacob Van Helsing, the character I introduced in issue zero, his brother, who uses vampires and werewolves to hunt down, uh, you know, uh, other vampires and werewolves. He's almost like a bounty hunter or, you know, a monster hunter for hire. Cool. So, you know, the base, the basic idea I have from issue one to six is that um, when things go wrong at the uh, Van Helsing mansion in Brooklyn, um, you know, plan B is to go after Natalia and, you know, get her. Um, and, you know, uh, through the grapevine, you know, the monster grapevine, all these other characters uh, join in, you know, because everybody wants the uh, Dracula fortune. So we're really going to get a monster. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, people join forces, enemies become friends, friends become enemies. You know, when money's involved, you know, anything can happen. And believe it or not, uh, Natalia is really almost a victim in this. You know, I mean, she doesn't want any part of Dracula's money or any of this, uh, but it's almost like they're forcing her to be involved. One of the One of things, things, and this isn't a question so much as a compliment, um, the artwork is so beautiful. 
Oh, thank you, thank you. I I, um, I use live models on oh. you know I I use live models when I draw you know as a reference. Um, part of that, the reason is that um, you know there's so much competition out there, and um, you know as an artist I either don't have the time and you know somewhat limited to try to come up with something new and creative. You know, I, I mean, I, I have sketches of Natalia before I used my model, um, and she looked like everybody and anybody, you know, that's been done. And so I came up with the idea to maybe base, not just base it on someone, but to actually use someone uh, as the, uh, the reference. Your skyline of London, I must say, and, and Natalia Hyde number zero, it looked like an engraving of a photograph. Awesome stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Like I said, I don't, you know, I've seen a lot of books where, you know, say, for an example, the characters on a New York subway. And it's just like generic, you know, art school drawn. And my thing is, and I've seen books where guys really use reference, and it really looks like the New York subway. And you know, I, I say to myself, you know, I mean, I really like that. And, you know, when you see movies, uh, you know, when it's set in London or New York, you know, I mean, if you, unless you're from there, not from there, you really know that's New York and or it's not New York. And I really think that's important, you know, the, especially for me to give it that feel. So I do a lot of, uh, you know, like photo reference. I'll go around and uh, when I know I need something uh I'll t I mean, I just came back from New Orleans, um, and not just be for photo reference, but, but you know, I do my best to uh, take everything and anything I can. There's an issue five or six where Natalia is set in New Orleans, you know, the, the cemeteries there and things like that. So um, I go there and, you know, I'll take a million pictures uh, of, of that, you know, driving my wife crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, she'll say to me, you know, take a picture of me, and I'm taking a hundred pictures of everything and anything, and she's like, "Is that for the book?" And I'm, no, no, no. So I, I, you could be, you could be quite a sketchy individual when you're on the road. <laughs> and you know, like I said, I, you know, I feel like, um, you know, why hint at visual information when I have the ability to give it? You know, uh, I really feel, and like I said, and. When I when the books are sitting at the convention, you know, I want people to pass by and say, oh, wow, you know, I've never seen her before because, you know, she's based on someone, you know, that's for real. Um, and it's exciting using, uh, you know, models as uh, my characters. It's almost like, you know, uh, you know, shooting a movie or a TV show. You know, I go, you know, I'll have a casting call or, right. you know, uh, um you know, I'll say to friends of friends, wow, you'd be great. I mean, I've created characters just based on, wow, you know, how are you? And you'd be a great character. And, um, in fact, I mean, I probably wouldn't have even um, uh, taken on Natalia Hyde if I already didn't have, uh, a, you know, someone that I was going to use as a model. You know, she, she helped me. You know, she inspired me to, you know, go on with the book. I mean, because like before her, you know, I was drawing up sketches and, you know, my, the original sketches of Natalia Hyde look like, you know, Jean Grey and Visible Woman and whoever. <laughs> right. You right. know, and I started noticing that uh, a lot of other guys in Marvel Comics and were using, um, uh, you know, photo, not photo reference, but using models 
you know, they give it that that look, you know, as a unique character that you've never seen before. And then, oh, sorry, again, those boots that uh, Natalia was wearing at the beginning, <laughs> those were amazing. Where, where did you get the visual for that? Oh, she, you know, like I said, when I, uh, my characters, give or take, uh, um, they, you know, either they come off their own, uh, you know, get up or like my, my, the model for Natalia, her name is Angela. She, you know, she came with her own getup. She said, hey, I have this, this, and this. You know, I was like, oh, that's great. Um, and if they don't have it, um, I'll either make it up or I'll, you know, I'll buy it. You know, a, a cool jacket or certain boots or, you know, weapons, we you know, fake weapons or whatever to help me, you know, give it that element of uh, realism. Oh, you must know those boots were cool because you highlighted them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, wow, they're so cool. You know, I just don't want them to fade into the background, you know? So if I ever run into Natalia Hyde, I shouldn't, like, pee my pants, right? Because cause I, she's out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Angela, she's very sweet, actually. She's the total opposite of, um, of uh, you know, Natalia. In fact, it's, you know, you say that, you know, my editor, who's my wife, She'll read the book, you know, and she'll say, why does she have to curse? And why does she have to do this? And why does she have to kill? And I'm like, because she's looking at it as Angela and not as Natalia. Right. right. <laughs> That's too funny. Okay. Um, so Pyramid Graphic Novels, I just want to talk about that. That's your label. Yes. Um, is there anything else uh, from Pyramid Graphic Novels out there? Um, well, I have... Um, you know, I, like I said, I'm working by myself. Um, I'm, you know, I'm I overextend myself all the time. Mm. But it's like I feel if I don't get it out down on paper, I'll lose it. And it also goes for the models. Like I have um, three other books I'm working on at the same time, um, and you know, I use the same method. I you know cast live models for them and. Um, and a lot of times it's like I don't want to lose the opportunity to uh, take pictures of these people. So, you know, I, um, I'll stop doing what I'm doing and, uh, you know, have a photo shoot with them and, and then continue on and go back and forth with between four books. Um, like the one I'm working on now, a Zenith, uh, you know, I have it story plotted out for six issues. I have another book called Night War. It's about a vigilante, a female vigilante who is almost forced to do that. And I have a, another book called Seek. It's about a bounty hunter who hunts down supervillains, you know, who, who skip out on bail and things like that. And are we going to be getting a, a pyramid universe here, like an entire shared universe of these characters? Yes, yes. They're, one way or another, they're all connected. Um, you'll see the connection in the um, in Night War, the Vigilante book, and the Bounty Hunter book, and a Zenith and Natalia. Well, Natalia has a big part in a Zenith, mm. and in issue two, a Zenith and her um, twin sister. When they first introduced, they try they try to kill Natalia. They're basically the Frankenstein sisters. 
That is cool. That I, I was actually just going to ask, will Zenith meet Natalia? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're introduced. Frank, the descendant of uh, Doctor Frankenstein. You know, he's taking up you know the family business, and for years his thing is that he brings you know same same method. He'll bring people back from the dead, but he wipes their mind, and it's almost as if he use, he he sells off these poor people, uh, um, depending on what they are able to uh, do, almost like assassins and uh, you know. Uh, sex slaves and you know whatever you might need and a zenith and her sister rena uh you know they're they're brainwashed uh to kill natalia cool chris do you have any more questions before we wrap up it seems we have a zombie trafficker here that's uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's I'm going to use that. That's good. <laughs> I like oh, that. I must say the crossoverist in me is really thrilled over this, uh, Jerry. So I will most certainly be looking at all of the Pyramid uh, graphic press books. Oh, thank you. Like I said, you know, as a creator owner, I, you know, work by, work by myself. So it takes a while. Um, I, uh, I just purchased this, um, the Cintiq, uh, you know, drawing tablet, which is cut down on like five steps that I would normally have to do. Um, so I'm able to, you know, pump out the books that much faster. Do you like working with black and white? Are you ever hoping to experiment with color or is black and white your thing, basically? Well, a lot of people tell me the black and white works with Natalia, but I really want to I really want to experiment with the color. It's just a matter of time. Mm. You know, it takes me long enough to um, just to do the black and white. Uh I mean, if I could find a great colors, that would, you know, that would help uh, unbelievable. But for now, you know, maybe when I do the trade, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give a coloring an attempt. Do you really have to show a lot of care? I mean, exceptional care, I should say, in the shading process when it comes to black and white art, which is what I've always heard. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, otherwise, you know, it ends just looking like flat line work. You know, um, and, and like I said, it, you know, a lot of times I'm concentrating on the story more than the art. I, find, I, I consider myself a writer who can draw. If I could find someone who could um, draw all these books, that would be great because I'd rather just write. But, um, you know, finding a good artist and someone, again, who can, uh, you know, kind of put out what you see is, is difficult. Well, I'll tell you, Jerry, I'm, I, I'm a writer who can't draw, and I'll say yeah. I wish I had your talent, but I'll tell you one thing. You'd love my stick figures, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I, 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 People are always like, you should do comics, and I'm like, yeah, I can't draw. I can... <laughs> Not going to happen. I, um, you know, I, that's the thing. I've been drawing, you know, since I was a kid, and but I wouldn't just do pinups. It was always a story involved. So. Right. That's how, you know, my love for comics evolved. Um, and, you know, I would say the last five years, six years, I've been, you know, I've gotten serious about, um, you know, doing the graphic novels. So you consider that its own, its own type of art? I believe it's called sequential artwork that comic yeah. artists work with. Yes, yes. It's I like so much pinup. Yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, I love telling a story more than actually doing the art. Um, but it's almost like I, 
don't trust anyone to, you know, maybe because I can't describe what I really want to, you know, see, you know, uh, to to describe, you know, how I want the characters to look in a certain way and move a certain way. So I do it myself. Wouldn't it lengthen the process, too? Because for if you had another artist, because then you'd have to write out a plot and then you have them draw and then insert the dialogue. If you did it the Marvel style, I guess, but you may have your own style that works better. Yeah, I kind of, I go back and forth. I'll, I don't do a full script. I, I do, uh, you know, the Marvel style um, with lots of notes and details because I'm the artist. But, uh, and I'm my own worst enemy because as the artist... Uh, you know, you think I'd give myself a break and maybe have five pages of people talking, but I don't. You know, I, I, I come up when I, it's almost like I'm two different people. It's like, ah, don't worry about him. That's his problem when he has to draw it. And, you know, I'll draw a scene where, the, you know, maybe Natalia is surrounded by, you know, 400 vampires. And, you know, the, this is cool as a writer, but when, I, when I'm drawing, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Since you do all the work yourself, Jerry, do you ever, like, try to set deadlines for yourself like I attempt to do oftentimes at my writing? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, the the last two Natalia books, you know, because life gets in the way, um, I really crammed out because of the New York Comic Con, you know. Um, and, I, you know, that's a shame because I really don't want to have to just do a book a year just for Comic Con. So I'm, I've skipped the last two just so I can catch up on work and, uh, you know, perfect the book. You know, I, I've hired uh, two editors to, you know, catch all my typos and make sure the stories are, you know, make sense. Because um, the last, Natalia Zero and One, almost went out with no editing, you know, except my own. And, you know, looking back, I see, uh, you know, it looks like I'm illiterate. I can't spell, you know, but, you know, when, you, when you're doing, uh, when you're doing it at 2 o'clock in the morning and you have to get it to the printer by the end of the week, you don't care, you know, the, how I spell Natalia or not. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> so, so I decided, you know, to maybe skip even this convention coming up um, so I can have, uh, you know, more than just one book. Uh, a year or, you know, I want to have at least two or three, four books, um, including Natalia, out. So these are like four books from four different series you hope to get out? Yeah, yeah, you know, doing my best. I mean, Natalia is my, you know, first love, so um, I'm really uh, trying to get at least number three and four out of her, and Night War, Seek, and Zenith might be a zero and one. Do you hope to collect all of these and trade paperbacks? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, um, Natalia was uh, pretty well, uh, uh, you know, accepted at the con. You know, that's the thing, too. You you know, you don't make money at cons. You know, if you, you think you're going to, like, you know, make a million dollars selling your book. That, I, <laughs> I go to the con to, to get the feedback and the response of people. And once I know it's good... I'll continue. See, that's what happened with my first book, Imasti 8. Um, that's a Greek word. It means we are eight. You know, I was trying to be really uh, eccentric and clever. And, you know, all I got at conventions was, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, and that's not good. So, you know, that's, almost, like I said, almost forced me to come up with something a little more mainstream 
you know, uh, familiar. You know, people see hi, they know right away. You know, it has to be some kind of connection. Um, so uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, so, uh, like I said, oh, when I go to conventions, um, you know, even people don't buy the book. You know, I, I try to talk to them about when I give them the idea or, you know, I see their faces when they see, uh, not not because I'm such a great artist, but, you know, uh, Natalia's face on the cover, you know, people seem really responsive to it. And so, you know, and I, I've been reviewed in a couple of magazines at horrormagazine.com. Um, and, you know, that's why I continue. So with the other books, um, I'll use the con to get feedback. And if, you know, I get... I get a good response, then I'll continue. If not, then, you know, I'll just move on and keep on doing Natalia. Do you enjoy fan interactions? I'm sorry? Do you enjoy fan interactions, like at Comic-Cons and et cetera? Uh, it's, at first, it was really hard for me, you know, uh, trying to explain the book and, you know, and the, I remember my first con at uh, in New York, the Big Apple con. I mean, I practically wanted to hide under the table, you know, and just tell people to leave their money and go away. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you you know, my wife, she's a great editor and a great support. You know, she told me to stand up and smile and talk to the people. And, and now each con, it gets easier and easier. And... Um, you know, I do my best to have actually the model with me. You know, I'll have like Angela with me or the other models with me, you know, to bring uh, people to the table. And, you know, it helps with the interaction and uh, the feedback and, you know, gets banter going. It's, it, makes, it makes it that much more fun. You know, comics are, Comic Con, uh, I mean, I love them, but it's exhausting. Oh, I bet. You know, it's exhausting. It's a lot of work, you know, standing there and, explaining yourself and you know there's a lot of competition you're worried about this oh what look at this mistake and but so far so good especially with natalia it's crazy. I'm, I'm sure you got such good reception yeah i mean you know like i said when you when you're doing it by your you know, as writers you know you know when you you're doing it by yourself you 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 know you're like out you're not outside yourself that's why i think it's important to you know, go to the cons or, you know, get other people's opinion because you can't really trust your family and friends. You know, that everybody yeah, loves, yeah. you know. I mean, I, that's what I always say. You know, I'll, a friend of mine will buy the book or I'll give the book. And oh, it's great. I go, really? Tell me. Tell me. No, it was great. I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah. You can't all have friends as honest as James here. I can understand that. <laughs> so, but people at the cons, you know, they owe you nothing. So it's great. You know, when you hear somebody who bought the book and the next day they come back and, um, you know, they uh, they really liked it. it, you know, that that confirms it for me. Cool. Before before we wrap up, are there any other projects out there that you'd like our listeners to know about that we haven't discussed? Um, like I said, um, I have a, a, a Zenith coming out, issue zero. I always like to do that little prelude. It's yeah, almost yeah. like, just like the insight of the character. Um, I have uh, Seek, the bounty hunter. She hunts down uh, supervillains, you know, who've skipped bail. It's kind of like my w- way of 
uh, parodying um, all the villains that, you know, always get out of jail easy and right, these right. other comic books, you know, Doc Ock and, you know, and they never, of course they never go back. So I, and she has no superpowers. She has a team of guys with her, um, again, have no superpowers and she hunts them down for, you know, the money. Um, I, I secured this great um, cosplayer. Her name is uh, Sarafina as the model for Seek. Um, so hopefully, you know, that'll, that'll kick off. I'm pretty, I'm really excited about that book and, uh, a book I've been working on for the longest night war. Um, like it's, it's about a, a vigilante who is, is forced to into that life. You know, all my books are, are the, the books are female leads and that's not intentional. You know, like Natalia actually started off as a male lead. You know, actually, Jekyll mm-hmm. was supposed to be the lead. But every when I was writing the story, it was, you know, Natalia was always up front. And, you know, I decided, well, you know, this makes sense. Because nobody would, you know, really care about another, you know, uh, muscle-bound guy hunting down uh, monsters. Right, right. You know? And it's just like I said, it's just almost a coincidence that uh, all the female, all the characters, the head characters are female. It's just, you know, how it came out. And then I realized, somebody even brought it up to me at the convention. They said, you know, I guess, you know, she was like, oh, this is cool, you know, uh, having all these females. And I said, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't even realize that. You know, that, that, that really wasn't my intention. It's just how I saw the character originally. Excellent. And, uh, and uh, before, we before we wrap up, up where can our listeners follow you on you. social media? Um, I, um, I'm on... Um, you can buy the books on IndiePlanet.com. Um, also, my Facebook page, uh, Pyramid Graphic Novels, and uh, I have uh, and on DeviantArt under Pyramid Graphic Novels or Jerry. Great. Great. Well, Jerry, Just- thanks for being with us, and I look forward to reading um, the continued adventures of Natalia and her cohorts. Uh- <laughs> uh, thank you, guys. Um, yeah, as soon as I... Uh, you know, get the next issues out, and I'll, you know, you guys would be the first to know. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. it was a pleasure. I hope I made sense, uh, you Absolutely. know, explaining, uh, you know, the characters and whatnot. Absolutely. It was a great interview. Um, okay, so um, we're going to go to commercial, and then when we come back, we're going to wrap up. Thank you again, Jerry. Thank you. Well, that's about all the time we've got for uh, this episode. Uh, Join us next week when we'll be talking with author Murray Ewing. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. James, did I pronounce that right? I believe so. Okay. Before we end, I want to thank our sponsor, Max Rager. And a special thanks to Tiny White and the Deadites for our show's theme music. Thanks to all who listened. Remember to subscribe to and rate our show on iTunes. And as always, everything happens somewhere. Good night. (laughs) Thank you.